0: Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio, where we're on a mission to help millennials get intentional in life, business, and career, with practical advice and real stories of living with intention, the good, the bad, and lots of the ugly. I'm your host, Jess, and my goal is to flip your perspective on what's possible with the help of the amazing intention getters I get to have as guests. Join my community on Instagram, at Jessica Thiefels so we can keep these conversations going while supporting one another to stay intentional every day. And finally, if you love this podcast, please subscribe, share, and review. I would greatly appreciate it. I'm really, really excited to introduce you to today's guest. Madison Green is a certified life coach who works with ambitious women who want to accomplish their goals Break bad habits, level up their mindset, and live a life they love. I mean, is there any any wonder that I love this chick?
1: Um, <laughs> welcome to the show, Madison. Oh my goodness, Jessica, I am so excited to be here. Hey to all the listeners, Thanks for listening to our conversation. I'm so excited to chat with all of you today. Yeah, we have
0: such cool things to talk about. I really, really love your story, but first, just tell us a little bit about who you are, and what you do.
1: Absolutely. So as Jessica said, my name is Madison Green. I'm a certified life coach, and I specifically work with ambitious women, like women who have a huge desire to achieve something more for their life. Whether that's accomplishing a really big personal or professional goal, or they're at a state in life where they have some bad habits they want to break so they can reach that next level of success. But, or if they want to improve their mindset, think more optimistically, have a more positive perspective on the hard things that they've walked through, but all at the same time with those goals, the habits, and the mindset create a life that they absolutely love, regardless of their age or their stage of life or the things that they've walked through or where they find themselves, realizing that they can create happiness in a life that they're really proud of. And so those are the women that I work with. And I'll be honest, Jessica, I never imagined I would be a life coach. Like it never crossed my mind. Um, When I was in high school, Everyone knew me as the ambitious girl in my small college community town and everyone knew that I was ambitious and I had big goals of going to a local university and While I was there I was going to study political science and criminal justice Because my big intention for my life was I was gonna run for public office one day and I was going to become an FBI agent And for years upon years, like, people knew that that was the goal. Like, I had people in my community, like, fully supporting that one goal for my life, and they knew that's what I was going after. And even when I was in my senior year of high school, Jessica, I entered a local pageant that was going on in my community. And I entered this pageant because the winner would receive a large sum of scholarship money to go to that local university I had my sights on attending. Well, I ended up winning that pageant along with the scholarship money. And winning that pageant got me to the next level state pageant where I won more scholarship money. And so getting this scholarship money kind of just reinforced the whole goal and intention of where I thought my life was going of, I'm going to college and I'm using the scholarship money. Well, life has a funny way of, you know, throwing unexpected challenges your way and just putting you on a totally different path than you expected. And it was about halfway through my senior year that I hit kind of my first really big rough challenge in life. And it was just, I was getting hit by life one thing after the other. And it seemed like I could never catch a break while having these heavy expectations of trying to get into this university and, you know, sticking to the goal and training every day and just having all the pressure of people also realizing I had these really big goals for myself and it was almost time to start accomplishing them. Well, after those challenges happen, and I will save everyone a little bit of time on going into the full story, turns out I had to go through three months of mandatory counseling after all the challenges that I walked through because I had gotten to a breaking point with myself. And it was during that time in mandatory counseling when the counselor asked me one day, Madison, where do you want your life to go from here? And I'll be honest, Jessica, I couldn't give my counselor an answer right then. Like, I had no idea. I told her point blank, like, this is the first time in my life where I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want for my life next. I thought I wanted to go to college. I thought I wanted to be this FBI agent and run for public office and, you know, use this scholarship money that I worked so hard to earn. But none of that sounds fulfilling right now. And after a lot of soul-searching, I was able to go back to her several weeks later and say, you know what, I'm sure a lot of other women are in or are going to be in similar situations or have similar feelings that I feel right now. And I think I want to be a woman that they can talk to about that, not in a counselor capacity because at this point I don't feel that college is the right path for me after all, but I do feel like I need to use my experience and be kind of a shoulder for other women to lean on. And that's kind of how I stumbled into the coaching industry and what a life coach's role would look like. And that's how I stumbled into deciding to start this whole coaching business. That is quite a story. Thank you
0: so much for sharing. I I feel like so many people can resonate and, it's crazy to think that you, this all happened in high school. You know, Mm -hmm. I think of everything I'm going through now as, you know, a 30, gosh, almost 32 (laughs) year old. And to think how heavy a lot of that can be, how in that, tell us like a little bit more about how you figured out that you wanted to shift because What you did there was you said, I'm not going to go the traditional route. I'm not going to go the way that people are expecting me, not just because I've been telling them I'm going to do this, but because it's what people do, right? We go to college after high school. How were you able to sort of figure out that you wanted, other than the fact that you knew you wanted to help women, but was there something that made you realize, you know, college isn't right for me and I need to help people and I'm willing to do the work it takes to go this alternative route.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'll be honest, it wasn't easy. And even to this day, there are people who disapprove of my choice to not be in Mm -hmm. university right now and instead to be this life coach at such a young age. But I will be completely honest on the fact that I am so happy with my decision. And at the end of the day, that's ultimately what matters. I think as you said there is so much pressure and expectation for you to do what is expected or what is most comfortable. For me again I grew I've always grown up in this very small Christian college town. Mm-hmm. And because of that there has always been the expectation that after you go to after you finish high school you go to this one big Christian university that's in my hometown. And everyone right and left, that is what they did, regardless of if they knew what they wanted to do with their life. Like if you didn't even know what you wanted to study, okay, you still go to college, you get into all the debt and you find, figure it out while you're in school. But that just never felt right to me. And especially after I was walking through these challenges, one of the biggest things I started to realize was, how much of my life and my decisions I made based on other people's perceived expectations mm-hmm. that I felt they had for me in my life. I didn't want to let so-and-so down or what would that chick from middle school or that girl that you know I used to work with think if I made this radically different decision for my life. And so for me, I always felt uneasy doing something that was against the grain. And I think especially since I have been in this close knit, very small college town that just added to the pressure of the news would spread very quickly. Like Mm -hmm. if you told one person, the entire town was going to know about your big decision. And so it was very intimidating To to even you know be in that counselor's office and tell her like you know I do not think college is right for me at this point and especially because of those pageant titles I was holding at the time and having won that scholarship money. It was also expected of me um, Whether it was it wasn't that they even directly told me but it's again. I had that perceived expectation that the pageant community or the fair board of the pageant Mm -hmm. I won expected me to use this money that I earned from their pageant and entering this competition. And so I just always felt this heavy weight of people's expectations and pressures. But at the, when I was going through counseling, my counselor really helped me to understand was the fact that this is my life to live Mm -hmm. and I get one shot at this. And that more than anything, I should be worried about letting myself down and five and 10 years down the line after, you know, even if I went to college and, you know, used those scholarships, got the degree, would I realize how unhappy I was and that I just spent four years of my life doing something out of this perceived obligation or guilt that would make someone else unhappy. When really at the end of the day, you know, you live in your mind and you live with yourself 24-7, five years down the line, I would have been so distraught at the woman I would look back into at the mirror and realize that, wow, I I don't even recognize her. This isn't who I want to be. I'm not where I want to be in life. And it's all because I made a decision that wasn't even my own.
0: mm yeah so powerful and to think the resentment that so many people feel having not made a decision like the decision you made and 10 years down the road they resent the people the person they are the people they're with the work that they're doing their bosses their managers because they allowed themselves to play an active role in building a life they didn't want to live it's it's so easy to do that because like you said there's so much expectation And in that expectation comes fear of letting people down, fear of disappointing people, and gosh, fear of doing the thing you really want to do and having it not work. And then how does that look? (laughs) You know, like, I I didn't do what people said I should do, and then I failed, which, Mm -hmm. you know, we know nothing is a failure, but there's fear of that too. I mean, did you feel that way as well? That fear of like, okay, I'm going to take this own path, but what if it doesn't work?
1: Oh, definitely. And I'll be completely honest. There were two people that I was most afraid of failing and letting down. And that was my dad and my now husband, Christopher, who was just my boyfriend at the time. And they are the biggest supporters in my life and the men that I look up to the most in life. And when I was going through all of this, I was so worried about letting both of them down. And that really weighed on me of, you know, my dad has always been my biggest mentor and he's an entrepreneur himself has been since as long as I can remember, um, we work very closely alongside each other and he's my mentor for both life and business. And in complete honesty, Jessica, I credit a lot of my success and just who I am as a woman to how my dad raised me. Mm. And pretty much I was very afraid of either letting him down. Um, because I felt like it, I just would have been a failure in his eyes if I switched up these big plans or if I made this decision and like you said, something went wrong or I wasn't a successful entrepreneur like he is, oh my gosh, what is, what's he going to think? But then also, I really wanted my, husband, my now husband's approval of those big decisions that I was making in my life. And when I started the coaching business, It was trial and error at the very beginning. You know, I was very intimidated and I was worried about failing, but I just made the decision that I was just going to start. And I remember the very first content related um, posts that I made regarding being a coach. I had just finished up a barbecue at my family's house and I enlisted my little brother's help. And we went out into the backyard in front of this brick wall and I had him film a like one minute video for Instagram. And it was me reintroducing myself to my followers who at the time were literally just friends and family saying that I was now going to be using this Instagram as a um, as a life coach and it's still up on my feed to this day if you scroll back a little bit But when I watch the video I just see how nervous I was mm. to put that out there and the things I was saying like hey I'm a coach and here's my whole concept on blooming into a better version of you but that was the very first day that I put myself out there as a coach and you can go back to that content from two years ago when I started and I think it's awful, but (laughs) you look at it and you have those small beginnings of this is you getting started and making progress on a goal or a dream that you have for your life. And even when I first started, it would have been so easy for me to give up because, you know, I had people who disapproved of the decision. I had no experience in coaching whatsoever. Um, While I was in high school, I ran a fitness business and taught local fitness classes around the community, but I never coached on personal growth and personal development and overcoming challenges and working towards big goals. And also, when I started the business, I didn't get a coaching client right away. It was actually three months after I started the business, that I had my first paying client, which I feel like could easily discourage people of you start this business and you believe in the product or service you have so much that you just expect other people will too and they'll catch on to that enthusiasm and what you created. Well, that didn't happen for me. And it was, okay, one month, no coaching client. All right, let's try again. Month two, still nothing. And I had started the business in September And that first paying client came about the second week of December. And to this day, I still remember who it was and the feeling of that exchange of value, time, money, and all of that because I kept going even when the signs of success weren't there because I believed in the fact that, you know what, I did make this decision for myself and I believe there's a reason I'm on this path now and I want to see it through. One very big um, character quality for me is excellence, excellence Mm. in everything that I do, but also authenticity. And I really felt that what I was pursuing was super authentic to the woman I wanted to be five years from then. But then it was also I wanted to pursue it with excellence. I didn't want to just wing it and hope for the best. I really wanted to show up consistently and know that there were women who were going to come to me and they would need to work with me.
0: Absolutely. Yes. And having that powerful why, and I I talk about that in my book, not published yet, but published hopefully soon, is that you need that why. So for you, that desire to help others and that sort of feeling of like, this is truly authentically who I am and what I have to bring to the world because like shit is going to get hard. Like that's just the reality of moving with intention, moving toward what we want. There are going to be people that are going to you know shut you down you are going to struggle to maybe get clients or customers or reach that next level in your career and if you don't have something that's really tying you to it you're going to walk away you're going to lose your you know you're going to lose your ambition and your excitement because you, f- you don't have something that's telling you this is worth pushing through
1: yeah so- i've heard that you should have a why that makes you want to cry And I think that's a really good reminder because it's true. I will not talk super openly about everything that I walked through, you know, just on a podcast interview, but I will with one-on-one clients. And when I start to talk about it, it gets super emotional because Mm when I, when you start to like, you know, peel back the layers of the onion and you get down to that core of who you are, what you've walked through and why you're pursuing what you're pursuing, it should like get you, you know, it should make you um, get emotional to the point where you want to cry and that, but also to the point where you want to share this and you want people to understand that really heavy intention behind you pursuing this goal. And so, yeah, I'm right there with you that having that why is so vitally important and also remembering for any like entrepreneurs, creative entrepreneurs listening right now, remembering the women that you want to serve. Mm -hmm. And what their problems are, what they have walked through, what they are walking through, and how your products and services can help make their life better. I know for me, when I was walking through everything, one of the biggest reasons I feel like it was so challenging to walk through was I didn't feel like I had someone to talk to about it. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like anyone would understand what I was experiencing, would be able to relate to the decisions that I had made. And because of that, it was me having to work through it all on my own and try and work out what was in my head or what's the next best decision to make or how do I switch and pivot on these goals? How do I break this bad habit that I have right now? And I didn't have that person to turn to, even though now I realize that there are those people I could have talked to at the time, I was just oblivious to it. And I think that's one of the reasons having a coach is so important to your success. Because like you said, life is going to happen. There are going to be challenging circumstances and hard things thrown your way. And I think for successful, ambitious women, you have to be self-aware enough to realize that that life is not always going to be sunshine and rainbows. Of course, there are going to be those fantastic, amazing, successful days. And those hard days are going to allow you to appreciate those ones even more. But having a coach who can hold you accountable to the goals you set for yourself, having a coach who can help you break those bad habits, So you can get to the level of success you want to be at someone who has walked through hard things and can resonate with what you're Experiencing help you make the right decisions that will help you create that successful life You want to live but also view things with a positive optimistic Mindset that sets you up for success man If I had had a coach walking through the things that I was going through it would have been a radically different experience
0: Oh, so true I love I've i have had a few coaches, one in particular, that's been really powerful for me. And yeah, everything you said, it's so true. It's it's just so powerful to have someone outside of you be able to objectively sort of direct you because a great coach doesn't tell you what to do. They tell, help you see, see where to look and you know yeah. pull the answers out yourself because we all have the answers within us, but we might not have the tools to access those answers or even the perspective to... Flip what we're thinking on its head and be like, oh, yeah, when I look at it this way, it's completely different. So, yeah, the power of coaching is I would implore anyone who's listening to this podcast who's been thinking about it or who is even just feeling stuck or uncertain about the next move to, in addition to tuning into your own self and taking that quiet time, that meditative space to figure out what's happening, to maybe consider bringing someone in to help you because. Sometimes you just have to learn the tools first. Um, Yeah, absolutely.
1: What you're saying is so important. And I want all the listeners right now to realize that, yes, having a coach who has your back, like you think about it here. I'm going to go on an analogy tangent really quick, but it's so powerful. I think of life like a Super Bowl. Like that's how I envision my everyday life is I am playing a long haul game of Super Bowl and I am the star player on my life's team. And so as that team player, as that head team player, I know that in order to win this Super Bowl, I have to train behind the scenes and training behind the scenes means I have a team of people who have my back so I can be the best player on the field. I have never seen a Super Bowl team without a coach. I mean... If anyone has let me know but they have a coach multiple coaches they have their physical trainers they probably have their counselors they have their managers they have a whole a huge team of people so they can be the best possible player when they're out on the field and if you think of it the same way if you want to play the game of life with success and win your game with excellence, you've got to have your team of people ready who can have your back that way you can be the best that you can be. That's what a coach does because it's true. You, like you yourself, are the biggest asset to your success. And so if you, if you start to really believe that, that you don't hire a coach or add people to your team because you see yourself as a weak person or you see yourself as disadvantaged or you see these other people and you think you're less than no, no, no. You hire a coach and you have this team of people because you believe in your success. And when you start to believe that your success is inevitable, if you have the right action steps in place and the right mindset that will get you those results, then that is why you hire a coach. That's why you have that team because you really do believe in your potential. Yes, I love that.
0: Yes, absolutely. What a great analogy. That's fun. I'm gonna,
1: I'm gonna <laughs> keep that one
0: in my back pocket for sure. <laughs>
1: absolutely. Yeah. See, it's really been over the last six months that I've been studying athletes very intentionally, and I'm hoping when the world opens up again, to go to local universities and watch uh, some local teams um, train behind the scenes, but then also watch several of their games because just. Athletes right now intrigue me. For example, right now what I'm realizing is, and this can apply to everyday life as well, personally and professionally, of athletes, they not only have an incredible ability to know what they have to do each day that delivers them results and will make them the best on for the team and on the field, but athletes also know what they aren't supposed to do each day. And sometimes that's at a higher priority than what they're supposed to do. And what that means is a lot of times we have this running list of I have to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G today in order to feel accomplished at the end of the day. You can also reframe it to I need to not do A, B, C, D, E, F, G today because if I were to do those things, it would be holding me back. Or it would be wasting my time, my energy, and my effort because really I need to be focused on these other things that will deliver me results and success in a certain area of my life. So, yes, it's true that you need to eat the salad for lunch today, but more importantly is that you don't eat those cookies today. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. I love the idea of like the anti to do list. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like some really important things to be on that to-do list every day is like, don't criticize, you know, have self-compassion. Don't, you know, sort of the mental stuff that we let slip into the everyday between when we're, you know, super busy and we're working on so many tasks and it's easy to fall into those, into the place where you're just putting mental blocks in front of yourself. So maybe even that to-do list is also things, you know, not to do in terms of making sure your mindset is at the very top of where it can be so that you can, like you said, pursue excellence and and be your most, as I like to say, most powerful self.
1: Mm -hmm. Again, your mind is the most powerful weapon in the world, and especially to your personal success. Your mindset can either be a liability to your success, or it can be your biggest asset. And -hmm. it really depends on how you train it behind the scenes. And I think it's really helpful to do that first thing in the morning. You guys have probably, listeners, you've heard this so many times before of how vitally important uh, an established, consistent morning routine is. And it's not that you have to have one because 500 other million successful people have a morning routine. No, it's not that at all. It's who do you want to be and how do you want to show up in the world? Because I can guarantee you that when you first wake up in the morning, you are setting the intention for the rest of your day with how you begin your day. And that's why so many, so many successful people understand that concept of when I first wake up, Uh, Right now is the time where I train my mind for how I'm going to show up the rest of the day. And so if first thing in the morning you start with comparison on social media or you're fighting with your significant other or you're scrambling around trying to get everything ready for work and dash out the door super quickly... That's setting yourself up for failure the rest of the day with how sloppy you started your day when instead if you had a consistent setup schedule that you're proud of and that lets you feel at your absolute best the rest of the day, you'll notice how radically different your personal and professional life is because you took care of yourself first thing in the morning, including your mindset and getting yourself in the right frame of mind for the day.
0: Absolutely. I say that all the time as well, because like, this is how the day plays out, right? You wake up, you immediately get on Instagram. So you're taking in the comparison and the anxiety and the heaviness of Instagram. Then you realize you're late. So then you get up, let's say a non-COVID world. Mm -hmm. You get up, you quickly throw your clothes together. You don't even have time to make breakfast. So you just hop in the car, you go through the Dunkin' Donuts drive through you grab some crap food, you grab some coffee, you go to work, you're feeling irritable, you're feeling tired, you're not at your best, and you give a really shit presentation. And then three weeks later, you don't get the promotion because you've given a crap presentation because you were feeling like shit and you didn't give yourself time and didn't center in the morning. Versus waking up, taking 10 deep breaths, thinking of maybe three to five things that you're grateful for. And then even if you're late, because you've taken those 10 breaths, you're going to view the entire experience completely differently because you're now centered. So you get dressed, you probably get something, put something better in your belly because you're feeling good about yourself. You're not feeling anxious and you're not in that comparison mode. You get to work feeling more put together, more centered. You give a great presentation because of that. And three weeks later, you get the promotion because you give a really great presentation. Well, mm-hmm. so that's like a totally fake scenario. It's one hundred percent. I'm sure so many of us have experienced that in some capacity. And it's, it's. I think people look at a morning routine and it's like, oh, it's just what everyone's doing. But it's like having centering yourself in the morning, getting yourself to a place of calm and peace and alignment, has tangible benefits. It will tangibly change your world. And if you start doing that, even just for a week, I guarantee you will notice the difference and you'll see the physical differences in your life as well.
1: Madison and Jessica's challenge, get up and have a morning routine the rest of this week.
0: (laughs) Yes. And listen to, we have a Mindset Reset radio podcast episode on morning routines and sort of rethinking what they are and what they mean. And I encourage anyone listening to this, if you haven't, please listen to that episode because a lot of people feel resistant to morning routines. I did for a long time because I thought it was supposed to be this rigid thing. I wake up, I meditate, I do yoga, I'm a Zen whatever master goddess, but that's not the case at all. It's just about making that time for you, whatever that looks like. That's what's going to help you get centered and aligned for your day. So definitely listen to that episode to help you sort of develop a morning routine that's going to fully support you and not feel like just another chore in your day, which it can feel like sometimes. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, okay, I want to, before we wrap up, I'm wondering if you have like three, because I like to keep things really practical so readers can implement immediately. Mm -hmm. And I know that everyone has probably already learned so much from what you've said, but I'm wondering if you can give us three sort of, practical tips that we can bring into our life that you've learned from choosing the alternative route, going against the grain and being intentional with what you truly knew you wanted. So what are three tips from that experience that you can give us that we can use in our life today?
1: Absolutely. Well, when what, when you were asking the question, I instantly started to think of one of my goal setting strategies. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to share that with the listeners because when I was making the decision to fully commit to being a coach, choosing entrepreneurship instead of going to traditional university, that was a goal I was setting for myself of, I'm going to start this business and I'm going to make it successful. And this is a goal setting strategy that I just call the three W's to success. And I think this is going to be very vitally valuable for the listeners. Awesome. The first W is want. What do you want for your life? Um, There's actually this scene in uh, Nicholas Sparks, um, Dear John. And actually, nope, it's not Dear John. It's the notebook. Sorry, (laughs) got mixed up. But in the notebook, it's at the end. And um, the guy and the girl, they're fighting. And Noah is like exasperated and is saying like, what do you want? Like, what do you want from me? What do you want for your life? What decision are you going to make? He's exasperated at his chick. And I think that's how the universe kind of views us on the day to day of like, it's trying to shake us awake. Like, what do you want? Like, I am full of abundance. I am here for you. I can send so much good your way, but first you got to tell me what the hell you even want. And so I think that's the very first step of a lot of times we are so uncertain about our decisions and we have this indecision going on. First of all, like my, one of my coaches, Amber Smith says, indecision is a battle of values. So mm. usually we're indecisive because there are two conflicting things battling against each other and we value them both at a high level. But also we just aren't clear on who we want to be and what we want to accomplish. So first and foremost, when you're trying to make a new decision or chase after a new goal, you have to get very clear on, this is what I want for my life. This is the woman I want to be five years from now. And that will help with making your decision on what goal you want to accomplish next. So that's the first W is what do you want? The second one is work because there is going to be work involved in you pursuing a new goal and stepping into the next best version of you. And so with this, you have to get very specific on what are those daily grinds and daily routines that I need to perform in order to achieve what I want. Because it's so easy to talk the talk about, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want a six pack. I want to start a blog. I want to start a baking business. Okay. That's great that you want those things and that you're clear on them. But now how are you actually going to achieve it? How are you going to get those results in your life? Obviously, there's going to be some work involved. You have to put in the action. And I think it's very important to get clear on here are the three very specific, um, three to five core things that I'm going to do each and every day because I know when I start to do them very consistently, over time, they will deliver results and get me closer to achieving the thing that I want. So we have want, we have work. And then the third one is wall. W-A-L-L. We have to put up a wall against things that are not serving us and are not going to help improve our success in the area of life that we're trying to improve. There has to be boundaries and standards established, especially when you are accomplishing something brand new. When you are trying to achieve something that you have never gone after before, when you're trying to sincerely improve your life in a very different direction than you've ever taken before, there has to be things you put up a wall against, things that you say no to for this season of life While you work towards this goal, while you're chasing down this thing that you want, because if you don't put up a wall against those things, then the work isn't going to get done because you're going to be so distracted by things that do not serve you. And then you're going to forget about what it is that you want. And so I think those three things, the three W's to success of want, work and wall can really help the listeners when they are trying to accomplish a new goal or just do something radically different with their life.
0: Yes, I love that. And it's so easy to understand and easy to remember. So that is absolutely perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And thank you for sharing everything with us. This has been so amazing <laughs> to hear your story and your tips and your anecdotes. And gosh, I know everyone listening to this is just walking away with so much value right now. So thank you so much for that. And, and tell us where we can connect with you.
1: Absolutely. So if everyone wants to come and hang out with me on Instagram, my username is at Madison underscore green. And then you can also listen to my podcast, just Madison Green on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much again. And everybody listening, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here. If you loved what we were talking about today, or if you loved any of the other episodes, please, please rate, review, and share. It's like the lifeblood of a podcast host to have reviews and ratings. So please show us some love and I hope to connect with you. I'm not going to see you guys. I hope to talk to you all again very, very soon.